Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your hosts, Stephen, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins, and let's drop in. Welcome, freelancers, to episode 87 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. I am your host, Steve, along with my two co-hosts today, because Mike is actually out at a graduation for a family member. Apparently, I did not get an invitation to that family member's graduation, so (laughs) I am not there, but whatever. That's all cool. I'm here with Devin. Devin, how's it going? Mm -hmm. It's going good. Going good, man. Just living life, uh, counting down the days to EA play, and... uh... Only 15 days remaining. JD, you are here with us today, and how are you this fine, cold, and snowy day? I, you know, um, I'm here uh, in Southern California where there's no snow, but, uh, you know, I've uh, I've got my slippers on, I've got my hoodie, uh, and I'm trying to save on my gas bill, so. <laughs> you're trying to save on your gas bill? I, so he's not, like you, he has no heat on right now, is what he's saying. You have no yeah, heat on. I'm Very interesting. (laughs) Guys, this is episode 87 of the longest-running Anthem podcast on the internet. If there was a podcast Mm -hmm. that was going on longer than us covering Anthem, we wouldn't be the longest-running podcast, but we are because we've been doing it since 2017 after we saw the game first shown off during EA. It was shown... Well, it was first shown during EA Play because they had their little thing. They had the little stinger. And then... And it... And that was kind of our first glimpse, and then we've been doing this ever since, and we're excited to continue doing it to um, catalog, to navigate, explain, be the number one resource to help you all, you know, kind of step off that ledge a little bit if you think of you're abandoning the game or you're taking a break. I mean, if you're taking a break, that's fine, right? I mean, we all expect people to, there's lots of games out there that you can play. Dauntless just um, released yesterday, or not yesterday, but on Tuesday, another live service game. Um, very much like Monster Hunter World that you could go out and play. I mean, there's so many games, you know, that you can play that you shouldn't just be like, hey, this is the only game I'm playing forever. And that's it. Unless it's Tetris. I think that's probably the only game you could like main and only play Tetris game. So, but we're here to bring you all that hard hitting news breaking, awesome news about Anthem. And there's just nothing going on right now. Unfortunately, <laughs> I wish I could say that, hey, there's some news or some news dropped, but it hasn't. Um, actually the official Anthem Twitter, the last time they tweeted was a month ago and we have had nothing from that account since then. Um, we have EA play coming up in 15 days. So, I mean, at this point it's like, well, I guess we just wait two weeks and then we'll hear about it then and not expect anything to be said until, until then. (laughs) I mean, this was very similar back when, you know, we heard we had the PAX East panel. They talked a lot about Anthem, and they went completely dark until the was it till the right up to the release of the game? No, it must have been. When would that have been? It's they went dark. They went dark for a really long time, and then hmm, I'd have to go back and look at my notes to see when the last time they they had such a long I, silence. I, I think they went like after the PAX East or well, the PAX panel or whatever. Uh, I think they went dark until like either the alpha or the demo. I can't remember which. Yeah, um, I think it was probably until when the alpha dropped. So, yeah. So I mean, even then, I was mostly just like telling people, "Don't break your NDAs. Don't talk about it." So yeah. 
So we have we have 15 days until we hear something new. Um, unless one of the devs starts to speak up, I'm guessing that's not going to happen. <laughs> but I mean, they're keeping stuff pretty close to the chest right now. They're working on a bunch of stuff. Um, we know that Cataclysm, well, I mean, May is going to be over pretty soon. And we know that they pushed a lot of their stuff until next month because it just wasn't ready. So I'm guessing we are going to see the first, um, they're going to show off Cataclysms first then. We're not going to get it in May. This is going to cause a lot of uproar. Uh, it's going to cause a lot of posts on the Anthem subreddit saying that Bioware lied. Um, I mean, they have I mean, up- they already told us they pushed it back because they were doing the fixes and things weren't coming. And so... You know, yeah. I mean, they should know that they're working on making sure the game is working. <laughs> working on the working. Um, yeah. You know, and to make sure that it, that it's running well. So, I mean, if they're getting upset, I mean, that's fine. You can get upset, but it's just, I don't know. To me, right now, it's a waste of time. It's like, look, they already talked about this. They're, they push things back. They understand. They know we're going to be upset, but they want to make sure that the game is functioning properly and then they're going to get the content out to us as soon as they can. They, they don't want to not get us the content. You know, nobody wants to not, you know, give stuff to people that are buying their game and playing it and having a good time. And so, I, I, maybe I think the people that complain all the time might not want to give them anything. But uh, well, I think I think the main issue up. though, Devin, is that currently if you go into the Bioware website and you go under Anthem, it still has Cataclysms listed starting in May, right? So if yeah. you didn't know anything about the game, you just recently bought it, you don't follow Twitter, you don't follow Reddit, you don't do any of that stuff, and you go to their website, and you see that, oh, a Cataclysm that. starts May 2019. And if it doesn't happen, I mean, all they would really have to do is put up a quick update to the website, telling people that, hey, this got pushed back, Cataclysms, get your first look during EA Play 2019, right? Yeah. Um. So underneath that, we also have free play events, um, that say Cortex Locked. We have new missions that say Cortex Locked. And we have reward items that say that say new items. We don't know exactly what these are currently um, because we haven't had any information, but they're still listed under May. So unless they release those in the next seven days, um, I, I mean, I, I'm kind of upset that they haven't updated the website for one. Because this is, if, is this, if this is the one spot that people can actually go to get information because you've gone dark on Reddit, you've gone dark on Twitter, this is where people yeah. can come because they have your URL, they have your address to go, and this doesn't have the correct information, I think that's a problem. And this is something if Yeah, I mean, we, it's the one official source, right? Like, this is right. the only place you can go, and this is what it's telling yeah. you. And that should have been changed, you know, back when they did their announcement of, look, we're going to have to push some of this stuff back and it's not going to be ready in time. And they should just should have just said to be announced, you know, dates to be announced. And um, and this I mean, this. Yeah, this could be a whole legal thing that they had to put. OK, you tell us the dates that these are going to be put out. So we kind of have a little roadmap. And those were the dates they were stuck with. We we understand that things change. That's fine. But as things change, you also need to update the information you're giving to people as you know those changes are happening. So and, you know, at the top of the website, it says the below is subject to change as we are exploring content and listening to our community feedback. Usually when you put an asterisk near something, you know, that little warning is all the way at the bottom of the page. Um, this one is pretty up front and center at the very top of it. But even just putting that, I mean, most people <laughs> aren't going to... 
<laughs> yeah, most people aren't going to read it at first glance, and they're just going to scroll down, and they're going to say, what's going on? Where is all this stuff? And, you know, a quick update to the website, you know, if this is the only place that people can come get information, this is the one place that you do want to be accurate and up to date. So, yeah. I mean, I I don't... I mean, it should. It's not. And that's unfortunate because, you know, when people complain about that, like on Reddit, it's like for people that I, I enjoy the game and I see those posts and I'm like, well, they're not wrong. Right. It's like, yeah, I mean, they're if it says it's going to be released in this month and it's not. And this is what the website's telling me. You can't defend that. You just say, well, they look you at these say, tweets. See the asterisk, which is subject to change. Yeah. But no one wants yeah. to look at the asterisk. That's for sure. But guys, I I had a quick question for you because I know we've been talking about a lot of stuff is is not coming out. So I want to get some fun opinions, kind of have a fun conversation on if you were able to design a cosmetic or inspired off of something, some other IP that you really, really want to see in the game, what would it be? So JD, we'll start with you first. You get to design a cosmetic. What are you designing and putting in the game? Oh, so... uh... I kind of, I kind of uh, misunderstood the question, so I'm quickly changing my answer. But um, I think, uh, I think probably if I could throw in um, some kind of like cosmetic item, like maybe themed off of something else or something else notable or whatever, um, I would like to see some pieces inspired by um, the the gunman from uh, well Tengen Tapa Gurren Lagann. I would love. To see that, especially on the Colossus, where it ha- doesn't have a head, it, you just have that big skull face for the torso. I think that'd be pretty rad. Um, not to mention, like it's like one of my like top favorite like mecha anime like ever. So, right on, right answer. on. Bringing in a uh, bringing in more robots. I like it, Devin. What would you bring in if you could design something? Well, you know, my go-to answer is wooden javelin, but um, fair enough. I mean, you got close. You got really I, close this week to having real, a wooden javelin. Real close this week. <laughs> I have my earth elemental javelin right now, so I mean that's, that's good. I like the way that it looks, and uh, yeah, it looks good. No doubt it does. But uh, I'm gonna go with bears, <clears throat> just because you know it's, that seems high, probably higher on the list than wood. Is my guess. Um, what do you mean bears? You can, like bear skin or like a bear claws, teeth bear? Yeah, just like a, uh, a stylized bear, you know, emblem, something like that, I'm guessing. A bear wrap. I don't know. <laughs> your like, with, like with I'm fur? No, no fur. I mean, just like, you know, the image of a bear you put across your chest or whatever. Like it's your uh, your call sign. Not your call sign. Your uh, Insignia? Your logo? House. Your logo. House Mormont. Yeah, I'm guessing that's higher on the list of being more likely for some reason. Than, well, uh, it, like any vinyl or deco will be more likely, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, because you got stars and, and all kinds of weird neon colors. and But wood is, you know, not there. But um, it's okay. <laughs> so I so I took I was thinking about this a lot today and I would want something that's a little bit more based on or is inspired by the um Space Marines from Warhammer 40K. 
Um, they usually have a lot of cool iconography on their on their suits. They got a lot of skulls. They've got a lot of religious symbols on them. They just look big. They look hulking. It'd be really cool on a Colossus. I mean, all the big stuff would look really cool on the Colossus because it's the biggest of the javelins. But I I would like oh, yeah. to see something like that. Just you know, tons of skulls, spikes everywhere. I think that'd be really cool because it's something that we haven't really seen. I mean, we've seen some of that with the scar stuff, but I mean, the scar just seems to like you know put a bunch of things together like duct tape it onto your javelin and that's kind of like the scar motif which is fine they're scavengers that's what they do they're just a bunch of bugs holding hands i mean yeah i mean i I wouldn't be surprised if we got a duct tape uh, javelin before we got a wooden javelin so i would like to see something from the warhammer 40k universe um i think space marines are super cool uh love the miniatures that they you know just anything warhammer is pretty sweet so love the warhammer stuff um, so Mike, like I said, Mike wasn't here, so I'm sure Mike would pick something lame like a 49ers football helmet or something that he would have made and put on his javelin. So <laughs> Is Mike's a Niners fan? Really? Yeah, he won't tell you that though, but he's a Niners fan. Oh, so he's a closet 49ers fan. fan. Uh, yeah. My mom loves way. the Niners. Yeah. I don't that. really care about sports. Oh, really? I so anyway, so a couple things. We've got some <laughs> You can call us and leave us a voice message at 505-386-7917. You can do that and leave us a voicemail. If you have complaints, if you have um, comments, concerns, if you have inside information on when they're actually going to tell us something, you can leave us that information there. So some good news. I'm, you know, it's kind of sad that Mike wouldn't be, isn't going to be here for this, but we do have some good news that we wanted to share with everyone. So officially, we have been invited to join the Game Changers program with EA. So we now have an official game changer on staff at the Freelancer Codex podcast, which I think is cool. Hopefully we'll learn a little bit more about what that actually entails in the future. If we're going to be, you know, brought out or invited or, you know, brought into a little bit more of what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know how much of that we'll actually be able to share with people. But rest assured that all the information that we do give, if we're allowed to, you guys will be the first to know about it. Um, I think one of the biggest opportunities we have is the Game Changers able to add, provide more input and more input that'll go directly to developers. Um, sometimes you feel like, you know, you have a lot of good ideas, you have a lot of good, um, you know, criticisms of the game, and those can be lost in the noise depending on where you're putting that. You can go to the EA forums, you can, you know, upvote there and try to make your voice heard on the issues that you're having, but sometimes it feels like on the internet your voice isn't always heard. So hopefully this will give us an opportunity to listen to our listeners' feedback um, from our Discord, from Twitter, everywhere that we get that from, and be able to pass that along. Um, we talk to a lot of the developers now, and I think like Russ had said in the chat, our first goal as a game changer <laughs> will be to get the wooden javelin put into the game. So that'll be top priority for the all Freelancer Codex podcast. Trick. And yeah. then all the other bugs and all the other fixes will have to come later. So um, that's really exciting for us. I, I, uh, I'm I excited for the opportunity that we have now. I mean, this is something that, you know, we, we talked about a long time ago. It's like, hey, if we ever have this opportunity, you know, do we take it? Do we not take it? You know, what's, you know, how do we... And we took it as a way that this could this could better the game. Um, and hopefully, with the feedback that we have, we'll be able to do that. So, And we have tons of feedback. We've been talking about feedback since episode 67, I think, is when the game released. I'm not sure. So lots of fun stuff there. feedback since episode two. <laughs> Very <laughs> true. 
So Devin, how excited are you for for us to have you know game changer status on oh, a scale of good. one to eleven? It's a weird scale. Uh, one to eleven, I, I'm pretty excited. I think you know pretty close to eleven. Um, it's good. You know, we can finally. You know, I think the coolest thing was before this happened. You know, a lot of people that were in there were like, "Well, where's Feelings Critics Podcast?" And, I mean, obviously, we love Anthem. We've been talking about it for a long time here, almost two years. And we're going to continue to talk about it, and and that was one thing we talked about is whether it happened or not. We're just it's not going to stop us from talking about it. But it's it's just good that you know we have that opportunity, and and uh, obviously there's four of us, so we can't all be there. So, um, but that's that's fine. And as long as we can get some information and we can funnel our feedback through the contact, you know, uh, it's fine for me. I'm stoked, and uh, hopefully. You know, Anthem will continue to grow, and we can continue to talk about this for another two years or more. Man, that's a long time. Hopefully, that'll happen. JD, your level of excitement. I know, like, anything related to Bioware, like, gets you all excited and stuff because you've been a Bioware fanboy for the longest of days. (laughs) I mean, well, I mean, yeah, like, I... um... I mean, this, like, going to EA Play, like, even last year, like, it didn't feel super, super real. Um, you know, you know, it kind of like, it felt amazing while I was doing everything out there. And then when I came back, it felt like a dream. Um, and now here we go again. And, you know, I'm just, honestly, the most exciting thing about this entire process was like, kind of just hearing from other people in the game changers program and, uh, like kind of be surprised, like, Hey, you're not, you're not here. You're, you're not part of this yet like why not and it, it, it like not that we needed that kind of like validation to you know keep doing what we're doing you know like we love anthem we've been doing it for you know nearly two years regardless um but it was nice to like, it, it does feel nice to be uh validated in this particular way and i'm really excited to finally like be a part of this be a part of uh like well, more of an official part, I guess. I can't wait to see everybody at EA Play. I'm very excited. Yeah, I th- I think Bioware was going through the list of people that were not on the list and like, um, I think you're the best of what's left. So I guess here's a spot <laughs> since we have to the fill this spot now. Crap, so we'll bring you in. Since all these other guys that we invited super early have left the game and you know have trashed on it, Stop maybe we'll get yeah, maybe we'll get these people that have uh, been you know trying to be positive about the game and you know be open and provide good feedback maybe we should give them a chance so i'm sure that isn't exactly what happened all right so a couple of things we've been talking about the dirt and forest wrap this is the wrap i don't even know what it was called but this is the first wrap that was actually of rare quality that has come into the store uh most wraps are all epic so that means they cost sixty-one thousand coin which is an insane amount of coin for a wrap they cost um uh 850 shards but now the new wrap is actually epic, and it only costs 40,000 coin, which is quite a bit cheaper. I still think that price is a little too high for what you're getting. But it is a texture of dirt and grass. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. I have feelings on this. Devin, you like the new wrap. Um, a, a lot of the other wraps that are of epic quality, it looks like they've, they've designed them. They've got different... You know, they they actually have a design to them. I don't know if we can say that this texture has a design to it, 
just because you can, you know, click, copy, fill with this texture. I mean, technically, you could, this, that's basically what we're doing with all the other textures anyway that we have in the yeah. game. Like the rubber textures, we're doing the exact same thing, right? This one is only just, you know, they actually put those textures where you want it to go. So how do you guys feel about this? Do you, do you think that because of it's a lower price point, that's okay? Do you feel like they need to definitely up their game on what these wraps are and how much they cost? Because I'm feeling like, I mean, this, it, it's cool that there's a dirt, I mean, that they can do anything, right? They can put anything in that spot, and they can put it on the store. I think that's fine. But I think charging 40,000 40, coin for a dirt, and ra- a dirt and grass texture is way too much. Devin, do you yeah, have... So I think it's a, it's a comp, you know, it's two-part issues there, right? So we have the issue of the coin, which we kind of talked about last week. And the coin value versus how much you can gain in a week is not uh, properly weighted, right? So um, funny story, true story. When I saw that it was dirt and then I didn't even notice that it was an epic and that it was different um, rarity, I just thought, oh, it's dirt, so they're charging less for it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That was my first thought. I was like, oh, it's dirt. So they're just – they knock some of the price off. (laughs) Because it's um, dirt. (laughs) <laughs> because it's dirt but uh i actually i really like it it goes really good with my color scheme that i got going on here you do um, weird color schemes I, though it's true i do i was surprised how well it went um so because i'm i'm reading you know this iron druid chronicles series and i'm really like it talks about earth elementals and all this stuff and like as soon as i saw it i was like oh that kind of you know reminds me of that a little bit of what i'm reading but um, anyways, yeah, so I think, one, they could uh, – I mean, we've talked about this a bunch of times, but they can definitely step up their game for the wraps and armor sets and those kind of things. Like That should be something that's easy or that should have had just like a ton of that content ready to go. Um, I mean, it should have, I mean, but then we realized they had 18 months to put the game out. So that was – Yeah, no, you I, know. Yeah, I understand. But, I mean, they should have like – dedicated art teams you know that are just like pumping out content for us i mean that's how they're making extra money right and uh, like i didn't buy like some of the stuff from last um friday's update i didn't yeah reset i didn't buy anything from that reset oh really i thought you were buying uh, everything regardless i i was and uh but now i'm not so (laughs) oh it it Um, even lost you you were like and that was one of your goals is to have everything so we could have you know so we could do science with everything right yeah, it's true. But then I was, but you know, so I was spending like thirty-five or thirty-six dollars a week, basically every week for the two, because that would buy you everything um, for both resets, and I'd have maybe like three hundred uh, coin left over or three hundred shards, shards left over. And uh, so there's after a couple, it would add up to you know where I can get one free, basically, or whatever. Or there'd be enough left over from two to two weeks that I could buy another one. Or another item, but so I was spending, you know, forever. How many weeks it's been out? It was like thirty-five dollars a week uh, to buy the shards, to buy everything that was coming out because there wasn't enough coin to buy everything. So was, was it? But were you? Were, did you have enough to co- coin to buy anything though? I mean, I'm sure some of the decals and some of the graphics you were able to buy. Yeah, so like I used all my coin on the coin only purchases that were in there for starters, and then now I don't. I don't use my coin for anything currently. Um, so I have like, I don't know, 60 or 70,000 coins just sitting there and I don't really gain very much. 
because uh, I'm only playing just like an hour or two, you know, not very much a week right now because there's not really new content that's keeping me occupied in the game. And so um, I log in, check out the, the new store content and buy what I like. And like this week, I only bought the, the dirt. That's all I bought. I you think. bought the maybe dirt wrap. I, 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 maybe I bought everything, but I, was pretty, uh, I know for sure I bought the dirt wrap because obviously I'm, I'm rocking it right now on my uh, javelin. Um, but yeah, no, I think they need they. I mean, we talked about this. they need a better store. They need more content. Um, there's lots of things. There's a the huge you know mountain they're working towards. They're 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 climbing it. Uh, definitely things that I think they can do better. Um, but that kind of content should be easily easy for them to make. You know, there's no reason if you can put dirt and grass on there and neon bright colors with stars and all this other stuff. There's no reason a wooden javelin shouldn't exist already. I agree. I, I mean, I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's the point we're all trying to make, right? There should be a wooden javelin in the game. So, and even, I don't know, this, it is really tough because you're right, because there's a lot of issues at play that, you know what, if you do this one thing, you know, you're just putting a Band-Aid on it. You can't earn coin fast enough to get most of the stuff or feel like you're even making a dent in there. You know, and, th- and there's lots of ways that they could change that. Um, all the dailies, you know, and all the weekly should give coin because some of them don't. Some of them give um, crafting materials, materials, and stuff. That and currently, I mean, and currently there's an issue with that. So there's a lot of things going on. So one thing, um, JD, I'll I'll let you have. A, did you have a comment on the on the wraps and you know the the price point, or do you think that they're worth it, or is it something that you even care about? Are you even purchasing? I mean, purchasing them all. Well, the whole thing is that one in the first place, I don't really care for um, most of the vinyls because it's very hard to, like, especially since, like, uh, at least to my knowledge, they don't have any way to like match the colors that are present in the vinyl. It's very difficult sometimes to match uh, something. I've been using a little uh, some decals uh, here and there, you know, uh, on a couple of my javelins as I post up on Twitter um, earlier in the week. But um, I don't. I don't really like most of them. I, I like being able to customize my stuff, and the wraps take away all of that uh, for the most part um, because it like covers up the entire javelin, and it's not always great. And I, I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way, especially when they're taking up the spots in the featured store that are usually reserved for the new armor sets. I want to see new armor. We know there is more armor in the game um, than has been put in the store so far. We have screenshots going back way back when Anthem Archive has data mined even more uh, sets of armor, even more weapons. There are more things that they could be putting out instead of wraps. And I mean, obviously, when like when you consider that, like my standpoint on that, yes, I think they're overpriced. And I know that somebody worked hard on these and came up with each one of these wraps to put on the javelin, but I really don't like them. I really think resources should have been invested instead into making like more armor sets. I'm fine with like the smaller decals, the smart, uh, the smaller vinyls that like take up parts of your javelin or do partial cover-ups. I'm cool with that, but to take up the entire thing and just this like whole. I, I don't like it, and I feel that it's wildly overpriced, especially since there's no geometry change or anything. I would have rather taken the ability to change the lights on my javelin than have any wraps 
in the game. Yeah, lights, thruster, thruster trails. Are you sure that there's there's more armor sets that we? Because I'm, I think we've seen all the armor sets that have been data mined in the game. Um, right? We are still we are still missing uh, we are still missing uh, a couple different ranger sets. Uh, there's the uh, the ranger armor set that we had after like from the broken javelin uh, in, after the tutorial mission. There's also the javelin armor that was being worn by the people who brought in the Urgoth. Uh, Urgoth, uh, or Urgoth corpse. Yep. They had the visor. Um, there's uh, a couple. I think there's like one other storm one, and there might be another Colossus one. I'd have to like go that will go and like hunt down uh, the screenshots. But these are things that already have models, um, and they were shown off in you know trailers and uh, you know uh, advertisement, well marketing materials. There's a word I was looking for. Um, they exist. They just have not been released yet. So I think, I think one of the hard things that they have to do with releasing um sorry I was hearing an echo for a second I think it's gone now with releasing all these armor sets like I don't know why that ranger helmet is not in the game I mean it's it's there for the tutorial I don't know why that isn't like some sort of um like you know a quest reward or I mean cuz that's that's a really cool looking helmet but I I don't know why we don't keep that it just seems really weird that we would get rid of that thing because it's like, I don't know why. I don't know why like other things like, I mean, I agree with the cosmetics, but they need to have better rewards for these quests period. Everything like the, like the whole thing is that like, as I was saying, like, what was it like uh, a week or two ago? Like the thing that really like made me feel better about not getting uh, many exotics in destiny was when they had exotic quests. So if like if I put in the time and effort and I, you know, went through these requirements and I did this quest, I was guaranteed an exotic. Now was it the was it the best exotic? No, not really in comparison to some of the other things, but you had some guaranteed ways to get them. All right. I I, I know I haven't brought it up in a while. I have nine exotics. Oh, not nine exotics, nine legendaries uh pieces now. Nine. I just You're got another enough grabbits, JD. Okay. I just got another one today. I have nine. The game's been out what, like almost almost three months. That's like uh, three legendaries a month. Ninety like, days. Ninety days. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I. It's just they they could have given legendaries for quest rewards, or at least like an up chance of getting a legendary for a reward. They could have given cosmetic for rewards. There are other options there. I'm really mm, just annoyed they didn't do that so i mean and so as as part of a larger conversation as we talking about quest rewards and things like that we talk about the free play events that, that are coming out so free play events have been happening very slowly we, i think right now we're doing like the it's the outlaw outrage i forget what the name of all these things are so like i apologize i know people give a lot of people a hard time like the devs when they couldn't remember whatever the spark beam was you know and they laugh at that it's like yeah i don't remember all the names of everything in here either so um i'd be impressed if most people did like i use the lightning blast and i call it the lightning blast and that's what i call it so um the free play events that are happening i mean that unless you are i mean sometimes they're not even on the front page unless you are going through your um, quest tracker every time that you log in it's not readily available that those events are happening which i think is kind of frustrating yeah. i mean sometimes i will see them on that front page but i don't like i i didn't know that the um the outlaw event was going on i didn't know that there was the scar event 
where you had to track down the four different scars. I didn't know that was going on until someone on Twitter posted that. I mean, these are some of the things that, you know what, as your community managers, let people know through a tweet, through a post, that's something that, hey, there's an event going on at this time. Um, I think it would be nice if these were actually scheduled ahead of time so we actually knew when they were going to happen and it wasn't just random like on a Thursday afternoon that these things dropped. So, you know, give people a heads up because some of these do have a decal attached to them or a vinyl. And, you know, some people would like to get those. But if they don't even know about it, and right now there's not a lot of people that are playing every day. People have moved on to other games. So even if they did want to collect all those things, they might not know about it unless they're following something that's posting about it. And chances are they're following a Bioware developer and waiting for them to post, and that's not happening. So it needs to be communicated better. That's an easy communication opportunity right like hey there's a public event going on or whatever you know world event going on for the game or it's like hey here you go we're communicating with you guys yes we can't tell you everything or things that are going on but we're still but hey there's an event going on something that's going on yeah there's an event going on in the game we just wanted you guys to know i mean that was the whole thing like i remember when they were talking about like yeah it's gonna they're gonna broadcast it everybody's gonna know there's an event going on and it's like whenever you log in, something you don't like. You said you don't even know a lot of times that there's events going on, and that was to me. That's just an easy way where I mean they can have the official Twitter account and those kind of things, like saying, "Hey, check out this event that's going on right now in free play." You know, it's something easy for them to communicate and share. Yes, I'm sure they'd get a lot of negative people like, "I don't care if there's an event going on, fix your game or whatever." You know, but right. Um, I mean, it's this, you know, they could alleviate that, well, you're not communicating or telling us anything. It's like, well, we're communicating with you whenever we have events and we're working on the other stuff. Yep. And so, and like JD says, when those events happen, uh, you need to, I'm sure they can attach rewards to them fairly easy. I don't see why that would be hard to do that. But, I mean, you know, just throw a legendary in there for some of these things or... The, the decals aren't enough, especially if someone's already done that event and it comes back around several times throughout the month, then you don't have any incentive to play that unless there's yeah. something else there for you to chase. Unless there, and, and maybe that'll happen once we have a new progression system. Because, I mean, we've all been earning XP for 90 days with it not going anywhere. I mean, it's going to earn some coin a little bit. But if, you know, if you're, if you're only playing like an hour like Devin is a week, then you're not earning that much coin through the Alliance system anyway. So all that experience is just being wasted. Um, and hopefully we'll learn about, maybe we'll learn about that during EA play. I don't know. It would be nice to figure this stuff out. So, and so I just finished up my challenge of might where you have to kill, um, 2,500 enemies of outlaws, scars, and the dominion. And which is surprisingly takes a long time. So... Like, I, I thought this would be something that, you know, I didn't really have to focus on. Eventually, it would just, eventually, you would just complete it by playing the game. But by doing strongholds with four other people, um, doing world events, I mean, it just, it doesn't go very fast. And I finally, like, sat down this last week and I said, okay, I'm going to grind this out. Um, Cags from the Discord said, hey, if you want to um, grind out Outlaw, go to this place on free play and just go into this cave over and over again, leave someone alive, and you can, you know, come back out and go back in, and there'll be a bunch of people there. So I did that all this week. So I only had, like, for some reason, I only had, like, 500 Outlaw kills because they don't spawn a ton. 
So I just went through this cave. I probably got about five legendaries throughout the whole run, which isn't a lot. But, I mean, it was something. So I finally got that, got to the new, the next quest step, got the story about Latrell, um, got more story about Helena of Tarsus and her sword, Fulminus, which hopefully eventually we'll see in the game. It might be a drop that we can pick up. So, I mean, a lot of some cool stuff behind these quest, quest steps, but they're so freaking long and so, like... It just does Genius. not feel worth it. And and at the end, they're like, okay, now you know what Latrell um, went through. It's like, no, I don't. It's like, I don't think she had to go through and kill Dominion. I don't think she had to kill Outlaws. I don't think she had to do any of this. Like, I mean, and then you give me 2,000 coins at the end. How about you give me a piece of her armor set? Or one of the weapons that she used? Or, you know, something else. I mean, these are simple things, like JD said, that you can do to keep people progressing and playing the game. Plus, you can, you know, and then, and then here's my question. Okay, so if now you decide that, hey, we're going to add this cosmetic to this quest step, what do you do for all the people that have completed it? Do you think it's a low enough amount that it doesn't matter? You just retroactively award it to those people? Or do they have to change that or say, hey, we we have to do something here. You're not going to get this. I mean, I, I know it's probably a small percentage of players that even gone through all that and have played enough time to get those. So that might not matter, or maybe they can just retroactively award it to people. I don't know. I'm I'm just I just want it to be more than just going out and grinding these things to get this number up. And I did it because you know I felt like I had to because I I need to be able to talk about it. But like, would I recommend anyone else going through this quest step to get that little bit of story? I I can't because that wasn't fun. Yeah, I think so. For me, like I have like 500 outlaws left, and I've had that for like a month now. <laughs> uh, because I was just, you know, I was kind of at the same place like a month, month and a half ago, and I was like, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to grind it. It's just not, you know, I'm not going to go do the going to the cave and go back out and different things or go into the areas where the outlaws spawn and, and do those things because you can do that, but it just makes it tedious and not fun, right? Right. And just becomes like a chore, and oh. and I don't want to play games to to be a chore, right? I want to play games to have fun and to go and do things, um, you know, that just happen and, ju- and it just, it's just there. But because of how long it takes and how little you get, I mean, it's like 2000 coin for that is like how little they value your time, you know, versus, okay, it got 61,000 coin to buy uh, a armor wrap. And, you know, to earn that 2000 coin, it took you, you know, 20 hours, 20, 30 hours. hours. Yeah. 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 So that, that is definitely the time investment versus reward is not balanced. And I mean, hopefully, you know, they've, they had those job, job postings a while ago for player investment people and those kind of things. So hopefully, you know, idea uh, play, they'll, maybe they'll do a live stream there on the eighth um, because they announced all that stuff's coming up on the eighth. And then, um, the, the live stream areas. I didn't say what live streams were happening. Hopefully soon we'll find out more about that. Um, you know, later on this year, you know, obviously you can't just hire somebody and then it just fixes the problem right away. They obviously have to go in. Takes time. And, and learn the system. Takes time to work on the project and actually get stuff through, you know. so Onboarding probably I mean, takes a week. Yeah, a couple of weeks or whatever, you know. And, and so it's going to be a long process, but I think they, they need to figure out what to do in the meantime, in the in-between time of this live service game, you need to be talking to us every single week and 
three weeks now with or so without any real communication. Besides, yeah. there's not going to be any live streams. Um, it's not good for a live service game. So, so like we were we were talking about this a little bit before we went live, but like it's it's a uh, like I said earlier uh, before we started recording, I don't think they should they should be doing radio silence right now. I think it's dumb. I think it's the wrong move to make at this particular time. That being said, there is a little bit of a silver lining to the situation because, uh, um, and I'm just restating it because, again, it wasn't on the air, but um, they did this with Mass Effect 3 after the response to the original ending. Um, Like, for a little while, they were, like, on the ball. They were defending their decision. They were responding to people. And then they just went silent and they stayed silent for like a month, month and a half, might've been more. This was seven years ago. So forgive me if my memory's a little foggy, but um, the whole thing is that the good part about this was that as, as terrible as it was for them to just go completely radio silent, like they did when they resumed communication, it was to basically tell us that we have the solution that you wanted. Okay, maybe it's not exactly the solution that everybody wanted, but we we came up with a solution. We've been we've just been, you know, busting our buns for the last couple of months, which is why we haven't said anything. And they did. They did the Mass Effect 3 extended cut ending. They pushed back everything, including the planned story DLCs, which wouldn't see any kind of update on that until like a couple months even beyond that. But like in the past, when they've gone radio silent, it has resulted in good things, but like you said, Devin, this is a live service game. It's really not the right move. Um, I mean, we are going to, we are going to get something good out of this, uh, or at least that's my hope, but the damage that they are doing by remaining silent and by having nobody on this right now, like, again, they got to control the narrative. It is spinning out of control. I, before we launched a podcast, I saw a post on Facebook of a video celebrating Anthem being dead, that we finally killed Anthem guys (laughs) because Facebook algorithms, much like YouTube algorithms don't understand that. I like positive Anthem videos, not everything having to do with Anthem, which a lot of the time these days is very toxic and vitriolic. Yeah. I mean, anyone that, anyone that can, Say they can cheer and they kill the game. It's like, okay, you you do you, I guess. Well done. You stop playing a game and you think everyone that you talk to has stopped playing it, so it must be dead. So, I mean, we all kind of have our own little echo chamber. Like, we even have an echo chamber of positivity that we surround ourselves with people that enjoy the game. I mean, there we also mm-hmm. surround ourselves yeah. with people that are very critical of the game. So, if, hey, if you want to believe you killed the game by yourself, you go right on ahead there, Jackson. And you do you, I guess. Live but, that life. <laughs> yeah, you live that uh, game killer life. So, um, so one one thing I w- did want to talk about. So, real world anthem experience I had. I was out there. Pl- um, I wasn't playing little league ball. My my boys were playing, and I were out there watching with them. And I was like, hey, I'm gonna go get a drink for my wife, and I'm gonna go uh, um, grab her a coke. So I went down there, grabbed a coke, and there was an umpire there. And all the umpires, they're all you know, sixteen. They're all high school kids, so they're all little. And I was wearing my anthem hoodie because you know you got to represent anthem. You go out there, you know, show off the colors. Say, hey, I'm still playing this game. What are you playing? <laughs> Fortnite, okay, that's cool. So and then the umpires like looked at me for a second. And I was like paying. I was like, "What are you looking at me for, kid?" And he's like, "Hey, I like your hoodie." I was like, "Hey, thanks." He's like, "I really like that game. 
I was like, yeah, I, I really enjoy it too. He's like, yeah. All right, see you later. See you later. And he walked off. And I was like, hey, you know, I just took my, you know, poll of 16-year-olds. So I'm going to consider him the, you know, <laughs> he represents all 16-year-olds in my mind now. And he liked the game. So in my mind, every 16-year-old <laughs> likes the game. So I think it's doing pretty good. He's probably not on Reddit, probably not on Twitter. I mean, he's probably on Twitter. No, he's probably on Instagram. That's probably what 16-year-olds are using. WhatsApp, TikTok. I don't even know what the new apps that they're using. So you know what? If this 16-year-old was out there and excited to play Anthem, it's like, the game's not dead. So, good on you, Facebook man who thought you killed Anthem. You suck. So, anyway, I shouldn't be able to... We shouldn't say that because we're game changers. We have to be positive. Um, We can't do anything to, uh, you know, put a bad name on EA. So, I think that's what... I think that was in the NDA that we signed. But if if there's nothing else, guys, there is is some... JD, before you do your uh, Javin build talk, because I know you want to get to that, we are actually a sponsored podcast. We're sponsored by Audible. Audible.com is a pretty awesome service. I've been using it for years now. Devin has also been using it for years. I have hundreds of thousands of hours listened to on my Audible account. I um, get to drive a bunch, so I turn that thing up to two times speed. So I can probably listen to 10 hours, 10 to 15 hours a day of audiobooks. And, you know, it's a great service. There's over 180,000 audiobooks out there that you can download um, from Audible. And and you, if you go to audibletrial.com slash freelancercodex, you get a free trial. That'll give you a free credit to get a book of your choice. Um, any book that they have on offer, you can get that. Um, the expensive ones, the short ones, if you want sci-fi, if you want romance, if you want sci-fi romance, there's a book out there for everyone. So if you go to audibletrial.com, dot com slash freelancer codex you'll get a free trial you get to sign up you get to keep that book even if you cancel which i suggest that you sign up i don't suggest that you cancel because it's a great service after you start listening to their books they're amazing i just finished the quantum magician um, by Derek kunskin um this book was narrated by t writer smith this is a sci-fi heist book so it's very Ocean's Eleven, but in a far future sci-fi with a bunch of people that have been um, heavily modified mechanically and um, biologically. So it's a very fun book. I enjoyed it. It's only about 13 hours long, so it's not very long. It's a pretty short listen. Um, and I really enjoyed it. The narrator did a really good job with all their voices. So it's a really good book. I suggest you go to audibletrial.com slash freelancercodex, sign up, get a free um Get a free, what do they call them, Devin? I just blinked on what they call them. Get a free, a free book. No, the credit. Get a free credit. I don't know why I blinked yeah. on that word. So get a free credit, <laughs> use it, enjoy it, have fun. It helps the podcast a lot. I love so. this, you know, I love the system because you can buy basically, you know, once once you sign up and stuff, you can get three credits for, for the price of some of the books, you know. And uh I don't know how that all works for the authors and how much they make off of those credits versus buying the book. Um, there's a lot of times if I really do like the series, I'll go back just because I'm like, well, I really want them to get support that I'll buy the book, like the physical book, and I keep it, you know, uh, on out in my garage because that's where my bookshelf is. It's in the garage. In your garage. So you keep all your crap out in the garage. That's I don't want to see it. They're books. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's like, I, I don't know what that is. I don't want to. I don't want that in here. <laughs> um, Nobody reads but, nowadays. Yeah, so it's like I I, lo- I love listening to the audiobooks, but it also you know when I'm finished with them, um, if I really like them, I, I I go and buy the book to directly support the author, and uh, that makes me feel good about myself and about what I'm doing for that author. But audiobooks are definitely a lot of fun and easy to listen to. I don't get to drive as much as Steve, but um, 
I actually go through quite a few books just driving a couple minutes around town when I go run errands or when I'm driving to and from work. And I'm, I'm able to get through, you know, one book in a week pretty much just from those couple minutes all the time going around doing different things. And uh, it's kind of fun. It adds up. And, and I do the same thing. I'll buy the physical book just because I, like, there's something about having a book, even if it's on the bookshelf, yeah. that you're like, man, I have that book. I can read it whenever. If my power goes out, yeah. if, you know, the world I goes can- to crap and it's like, I still have all my books and all the ones I enjoy. So buy the books, read a book. Can't beat the smell of a new book, right? All right, JD, speaking of smells of new books and new javelins, tell us about <laughs> your javelin build for this week. Uh, so I wanted to focus on uh, by far my strongest javelin, which is uh, coincidentally is also the biggest javelin I have. Uh, and that would be my very own thick boy, my Colossus, uh, which uh, I believe I named it, uh, was it Big Red? Because it's, you know, it's big and it's red. Yeah, I'm great at naming things. It's very, but, very uh, original. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's like Clifford the dog. Anyways, um, so let's start with the weapons. Um, So first of all, I got Insult and Injury, which is a legendary grenade launcher. It's one of the few legendaries I have, which is why uh, I I put it into service. I personally like the the grenade launchers that that shoot sticky uh, grenades and then detonate. Um, but this one is an upgraded bombardier. It, they bounce uh, before exploding. And then it has a nice cool effect, which is defeating an enemy clears harmful status effects and boosts effect resistance by 75% for 10 seconds. Um, it's also got plus 80% armor max, which isn't too bad. Uh, 25% we- uh, weapon reload speed, 20% repair drop rate, and plus 28% gear damage, which I'm good with that. Um, Again, it's like one of the few legendary weapons I have, so it's I put it into the rotation, no problem. Uh, my uh, backup weapon there is the Fist of Strahl Masterwork Auto Cannon. Uh, it's an upgraded cloud burst, excellent rate of fire, Striker's Fury, hitting enemies, increases weapon damage by 16% for five seconds, stacks 10. Um, I mostly use this because it has plus 33% luck on it, which... I've been trying to build up my luck. Uh, Which obviously isn't working this. for you. <laughs> it is. It is not. I think I'm at like a, at like an over 60 or 70% uh, luck stop build. playing on easy, JD. All right, come on. <laughs> Devin has a point. Uh, then I got plus 70% shield max, uh, plus 5% acid damage, plus 12% armor max. Um, I'm only going to read the stats on the, uh, on the particular weapons because I feel like that's uh, the good stuff. Uh, I use Battle Cry for my uh, heavy support gear. Uh, I really like the fact that it, you know, draws aggro to me and then it also lowers their damage resist- or resistance. On other builds, I used to pair that with a flamethrower and, like, just go to town with some melee damage or a shield rush. Um, but now um, I have other plans, which I'll get to in a second, but Battle Cry is still really good for just pulling in enemies and then just... Uh, taking out the small guys, like just getting rid of the ads, really crowd control. Um, so my heavy assault launcher is Garrett's hammer, uh, which is a masterwork railgun. Um, whenever I, uh, so it has a permanent extra charge, uh, which makes it really good, especially since uh, most of my other stuff is usually dedicated to 
uh, priming. I have a rubidium furnace uh, for my heavy ordnance launcher. Uh, and I believe uh, the heavy, uh, yeah, I have plus 100% gear charge on that. So I can just launch um, like firewalls left and right, which is pretty awesome. I'm able to, instead of like using a flamethrower now, I can launch a couple of, fi- uh, couple of firewalls um, and then use battle cry and start bringing the enemies in towards me, usually through the firewall if I angled myself right in the firewall, right? Uh, prime them, rush in with either some uh, shield bashes or uh, just the ground pound, which detonates the combo since they're already primed by the firewall. Gotta love those combos. Um, I like the firewall. It works great with my interceptor. I like Yeah. It. Yeah, usually, usually what I try to do is if I can get one firewall off, uh, like, in the distance near, like, where some of the enemies are, I'm usually kind of going through the battlefield and just cleaning things up, kind of uh, uh, herding the cattle, so to speak. And um, I, like, because I can launch one far away, one up close, and so I'll launch one up close, rush in there, evaluate the situation, launch one kind of far away, see what I can do. And then if it's far away, I can still detonate the combo if need be with my uh, railgun. Since I have two uh, uh, two charges of that, oh, it's lots of fun. I can I can really get the combos going on that pretty good. My Rubidium Furnace is also one of my other legendaries. Um, I like the uh, plus 25% weapon damage, and that's javelin wide. Um, and then, yeah, the 100% plus gear charges, uh, 50%. Well, plus 50% gear recharge as well, and 20% ammo pickup amount, which is really important on a Colossus. Uh, for my uh, components, I have Demolition Tribute. Uh, I have the legendary Colossus component, a Blade of Shielding. Um, I have Reinforced Hull. I have Grand Entrance, which basically gives me an explosion anytime I have a hard landing, which is... Is it a big is a big explosion or um it's about I would say about comparable in size to the shockwave from the ground pound. Okay. So like basically it's kind of like having like a free uh a free ground pound whenever I land, but it has to be a hard landing. Um so that means like I have to be falling for a little bit, which is no problem. Doesn't work on an overheat though, unfortunately, which is kind of disappointing. Because I can't think of any harder landing than an overheat. Um shock treatment. Um, I have that one as well. And then I have, uh, the Vanguard emblem, which, uh, increases electric and fire damage by 35%. Um, a shield break, uh, creates an explosion around you, which is another legendary Colossus component. Uh, basically if I'm being overwhelmed, I pull up my shield, move into the thing of enemies, uh, you know, let the shield break. I have a little explosion around me comparable in size to the grand entrance. And then I'll use a rally cry or, or battle cry, get the enemies on me. Uh, and then just start round and pound and rubidium furnace, just rinse and repeat. It's kind of a little bit of a patchwork build. Um, because again, um, like I have like nine legendaries and there's four of them alone on this build. So obviously I'm working with what I have as opposed to like my ideal, uh lifestyle but i really do uh i I really have taken a liking in this build especially with the fact that um with the firewalls especially being able to launch two of them i can really create some effective choke points um 
I can kind of, depending on the terrain, I can set up basically an arena for uh, storms and uh, uh, interceptors because basically like just if you, if you, ca- if you ca- catch them between like a small area and you wall off both sides, then like if they come out, oh, they're in my domain now. But if they're in there, interceptor, storm, maybe even a ranger. Uh, I don't know. They, they're not, I, I don't really feel like I see as many of them taking advantage of it, but it's still really useful. Um, it feels a little bit more of a tactician build for the Colossus, which I kind of like. It's a little bit more cognitive. So, Very cool. And and that's one thing that, as as a Storm recently, I haven't been grouping up with a lot of people when I play just because I play so early. So it it's kind of different because you, you built something that really has a lot of synergy, it sounds like, with other people that are playing. And I'm like, I just got to play solo. So I'm just going to throw on these things that just kill people. Maybe I've just become a selfish storm player. That's probably, that's probably what I mean. You can, it, it can still, it can still work like by myself as well. I mean, cause it, we still have the priming, but we still have the, uh, the combo priming from Rubidium for uh, furnace. Uh, we still have the detonation with Garrett's hammer and the, uh, the melee attack on the Colossus. Um, and then if I, if I'm really going to go in solo, um, I'll probably swap, uh, swap out uh, fists of straw for Rawlner's blaze uh, especially since that's really good at priming, uh, well, priming people as well. So it gets more long range primes going on, um, allowing me to like, you know, fire off a few shots, get that hit streak, uh, get that uh, ign- ignition prime, and then hit them with my railgun. And then if they're close by, if they pass through the firewall to get close to me, boom, ground pound, explosion. Very cool. I like it. So. I think, oh, one other thing I found out. JD, thank you for your build. Um, if anyone else has any other Colossus builds that they want to share or additions to that build and said, hey, I tried that, but I added this, um, then, you know, let us know. And then we'll add those to the to the conversation and try those things out. So I, I'm always up for so, if someone says, hey, I want you to try this build out, send it to me. I will definitely do that and I'll give it a try. So one thing that I did notice while I was playing today, finishing my step quest, I came upon a world event where a Colossus was hanging out. And it was one of the world events where you have to, the big giant box comes up from the ground and there's the green, the eight green orbs that are floating around and it changes the, mm-hmm. the color of the screen, right? So that changes everything. And I noticed that I went in to help out and the Colossus had six of eight things done and was just running around ignoring some of these orbs. I was like, what is he doing? So I was like, oh, I'll just go grab these other two and I'll finish these things up. But I said, no, not now. I am actually going to find out what this guy's doing see if he wants to actually complete this thing or girl. Um, and the this Colossus went through multiple times, only ever collecting six of the orbs, spawning the Dominion over and over again, and letting that one-minute timer run out. <laughs> and that one-minute timer would reset, and then we would go collect that box again. The box would come up, screen would turn green, and it would go, it would do it again. And for as long as I was there, for about 10 minutes before I went to find some more outlaw to destroy, it happened over and over and over again, and it never stopped. So I think that might be a really good way of farming um, just enemies in general. If you're like going to, if you want to find the Dominion and kill the Dominion, you could do it that way. Or even if you wanted to go and find, you know, to farm for legendaries, you could do it that way because they have a chance to drop legendaries also. So just another way that I, something that I've never seen before, never even thought of, just cruising around in this Colossus showed me a new way to farm Dominion or whatever comes out of those portals the next time it happens. So 
I mean, it's the same thing like with the Titans. A lot of the times um, there's a lot of players that don't know that you should let the Titan wake up because you have a better chance of getting loot yeah. from the Titan than from all the other people that are trying to wake it up. So don't destroy the boxes if you're trying to wake the Titan. And if you ever get the step, the um, world event where you have to collect the orbs, don't collect the orbs. The only the only difference is, is this one puts that um, really weird filter over your screen. So you're just going to have to live with that. But... Just a little bonus if you need to farm some Dominion or if you come across this world event and you want to spend some time farming for some legendaries, that's a good way to do it because they spawn very, very quickly. All right. If there's nothing else, guys, I think we will call this an end to episode 87 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, the longest running Anthem podcast on the internet. We are excited for you to um, all that hung out in the in the live chat with us. We appreciate you guys being there, um, even those that did not talk. We see you lurking, so we appreciate you being part of the conversation and just hanging out with us. Um, the community really means a lot to us without all of you that are just here. Um, you know, it it means a ton having people that are as excited, are as, as positive. You know, we all, a lot of us have the same um, criticisms of the game. We all have the desire to, we all have the desire for the game to succeed. And I think that's what keeps us going is that, you know, we build each other up. We're excited for the game, so we're going to continue to do that until, I mean, until they shut down the servers. We're going to be here, and we hope that you stick around with us. So until next time, uh, there's a Shaper Storm on the horizon. We'll see you on the other side. Peace. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Freelancer Codex, on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Join the Discord through the link provided at FreelancerCodex.com. Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at Patreon.com slash FreelancerCodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, at MLamson25, at Neverfear, and at JD the Joke Dealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work. <laughs>